0: First things first
1: First, it's the DU General, Money P, I'ma put you up on the schedule, six to nine, eight weekdays, not doing and go. we got a lot to talk about, so much to pedal through, unapologetically progressive, tune to KPLA 1580 to get the mess, we're well, your ancestors favorite radio station, first black on talk radio, left side of the nation, first. me and Dominique
2: DePrima go way back, way Smiley, making sure the station stays black,
1: discussing all the issues in our community, we're the black and brown and others find unity So let's talk about it they can improve it Digital underground, always down with the moon So we tune in, the first things first With the queen of black talk radio
2: Dominique to Prima Go Go sis
3: Good morning and God bless. Happy Friday. Ha ha ha. (laughs) I'm Dominique DePrima. This show is called First Things First. I know, I know it's Wednesday. (laughs) The first thing I do every single day. I hope you join me. Give thanks, give praise, and ask for blessings from God Almighty. Ask for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders. And let's go. What else do you need? We got a lot to talk about, a lot to do, and it is starting to feel a little holiday-ish in these parts. Well, if you're on the left coast like me, it c-c-cold, so, well, our version of cold. Don't hate. Uh, so yeah, a lot to talk about. You, I hope you know what we do. If you're new, welcome aboard. We do our one left coast local, what's going on around here, west side, as they say, in the second hour, we go national, international, outer space, all that. Um, and in the third hour, we do a deep dive with a person or persons of interest. Very excited to have um, Dr. Zarita uh, Yazid joining us. She is an incredible healer, uh, holistic healer, and is the daughter of Dr. Goss, who taught just about everybody, including Dr. Sabi. Yeah, I said it. Anyway, uh, that's going to be an amazing hour. I've been looking forward to having her on the show. And so you're invited in all the time on this show. 800-920-1580. That's what you do. Dial it on your phone. 800-920-1580. Or you can hit me on socials. KBLA 1580. Yeah, I look at them Mm, during the show. Try not to look too much, but you know. Uh, KBLA 1580. And you can DM Or you can hit me at DiPrima Radio, D-I-P-R-I-M-A, and then radio. I hope, and I thank those who have done so already. I hope that you're following, liking, and subscribing. We're on YouTube at KBLA 1580. Hit the like button. I see people in there talking and having a good time. Don't forget to show us some love. My partner in politics for this Wednesday, Friday, Friday, Wednesday, (laughs) Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Is or Day of Gratitude or nothing if you're not celebrating it. I know many progressives don't. Is a labor organizer, an activist, a mama, and a KBLA contributor, Sherry Bell. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Dominique. Good morning, KBLA family.
3: Are you traveling for the holiday? Are you? Do you do you observe oh.
1: Day of Gratitude,
3: Thanksgiving? Like, how do you? frame that for yourself and your family
1: right your baby yeah <laughs> yeah like in the past of course you know i i did do the schoolhouse rock version of celebration <laughs> like you know just like you know, believing believe in the story of the mayflower and all that stuff but i know that turned out to be untrue so i do uh look at it as like a day yeah like a day of thanks uh day to spend time uh, with their loved ones, um thankfully, I am not traveling um boy, oh boy, the blessing of a staycation I mean traveling is great, <laughs> right, but sometimes you know you don't want to be caught up in the, the the crowds and the meltdowns, and you know people just panicking and the rush and hustling but so i'm I'm grateful to uh, be traveling locally uh you know, for that time off. So,
3: That's a yeah. blessing, yeah. And, you know, celebrate or not, everybody needs some time off, and it's always great
0: mm-hmm.
3: to uh, check in with, uh, for me, myself, I I do it every morning before I get here, just remind uh, myself of all the things I have to be grateful for, no matter what the challenges might be but they're saying the busiest thanksgiving travel days in 20 years so the bounce back is real. Wow. Uh, LAX is talking about uh, 92% of pre-pandemic which was, you know, a record year 2019. So if you are traveling, get your butt to the airport even earlier than you're supposed to. That's what I got to say.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I mean, we came a long way from having a a ten o'clock curfew just a couple <laughs> years ago, right? So yes. I mean, I guess people are just happy to be able to get out the house and not, you know, have those restrictions. And you know, hey, I'm, it, it you know, it's a byproduct of, you know, just being free and happy and being able to roam amongst the. Uh, you know grand pastures you know yeah but uh like but you know i, I just didn't want to be caught up in it all.
3: well also they're saying that because gas prices are down and airplane tickets are down that's making people say oh let me go see mom or whatever so hmm. um you know let's hit the road and it's you know it's meant to be there's a lot of bad weather across the nation um it's meant to be cold Today and through the weekend here, as far as I remember, I think it's through weekend. It's definitely Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, chilly. So um, that may deter us, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, that's fine. Fall weather is fine. You know, I, I, I I'm, I'm a fan of crisp, cool air. As long as it's not raining, that that's the thing. That's, <laughs> that's about, where your
3: right? Angelino comes out, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> I remember right. when my former husband was over uh grid, he, you know, who was deputy mayor of gang reduction and youth development he used to see how, when it would rain, there would be almost no crime in LA. Mm-hmm. LA gangsters are not trying to get wet and <laughs> get their shoes right. messed up. That's, I mean, that's not true in like Chicago, New York, even the Bay area. Like it it just stays the same. And I were like, nah, I'm a, we'll go on in. Do that crime tomorrow. (laughs) So,
1: so we retreat, and then we forget how to drive in the rain. I guess those two things.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty much what we do. Um, (laughs) You know, the um, me and Ed were talking on Friday. Ed Sanders, who kind of we alternate Fridays between you and Ed, Mm -hmm. who are my favorite correspondents. Anyway, we were talking about Snoop Dogg and how he was. You know, he said he was giving up smoke and everyone was like right. oh well i'm gonna quit too or whatever and ed was saying right. i hope he's okay and i said is he like promoting a gummies brand like what is the catch mm-hmm. it, i mean i tried to moderate that because i didn't want to sound like just cold like oh maybe you know maybe something is wrong with them uh ed made me feel bad because he's like well we're praying for his health I was like, yeah, I'm being oh, wow. a jerk. But then I was right. <laughs> yeah, He he is. Uh, it's a giant promotion for some right. kind of smokeless barbecue.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure people were suspicious of that statement, you know. Uh, but if you read between the lines, it, the statement was kind of awkward. Right. Like he did. He said, I'm giving up smoke. He didn't say I'm giving up smoking. Right. You know? and, he didn't say I'm giving go. up
3: weed, cannabis, chronic, none yeah, of he,
1: that. Exactly. So oh. I guess like this is a lesson for us all to like read between the lines of what people are saying. And, you know, in the words of DJ Quick, you know, I always say, like if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense, right? Like he, it's all about the money, right? Like he, um, yeah, he's learning from the Kardashians. Right, like you I don't know. know he what,
3: predates like, the Kardashians. They might right, be learning guys, from him.
1: That's <laughs> right. That's right. But like, yeah, he's. Uh, it was very attention grabbing. I, I I heard some critique about the manner in which the publicity was um, which which it was enacted. Right, like the fact that um, people were seriously considering giving up weed. You know, like and, and was feeling good about. Wow, you know, he's an inspiration. Like I'm about to stop. And, and there was, you know, an article that uh, was in the Griot, uh, I believe Torre uh, uh, wrote it, and, uh, and it mentioned that um, that he could have done it in the Super Bowl announcement a little b- bit more responsibly, right? Like, it could have been just as impactful, right, uh, with less damaging uh far as, like, um, you know, giving people, like, a, a sense of, wow, you know? If he can do it, I can do it. Like a yeah, I mean,
3: I get a- that. Yeah. But you know, even if some some uh, you know people smokers, weed heads, whatever, if they gave it up for twenty four hours because Snoop said so, that's not a bad thing. You rested your body right. for twenty four hours. Now you're gonna go follow him. I mean, we had a cannabis doctor on here. She's an MD, but she prescribes cannabis, and she said that you people who use cannabis should uh ha- take a 72-hour rest every couple months, mm-hmm, and that will mm-hmm. keep your tolerance from going up, 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 where you got to get more and more and mm-hmm. more. Anyway, it's a stove company called Solo Stove. They make smokeless stoves, and they now have a Snoop stove. I guess it was a bit of a crass advertising ploy, but, you know, I uh, he, he, if you were paying attention, he kind of, he had faked it.
1: Right he signaled I mean, he, it, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. And I heard the product is actually a good product. Uh, and, you know, it was meant to be clever and witty, and to some degree it was. But I think, honestly, you want to think the the real thing is like they let it go on a little too long. Yeah, right? yeah, like, I that's right? Right. That's yeah. yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think
3: that's <laughs> right. Maybe, you know, the same day you say something after it's gone viral. Well, it was like a couple days, right?
1: Right, yeah. It was enough time for many conversations.
3: <laughs> Honestly, right. I, because I, I was checking back on Snoop's Instagram to see Waiting for Psych, <laughs> and I didn't see right. it that day. So it had to be at least a couple mm-hmm. days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I hope he got a big, big bag for that. That's all I'm saying. Because yeah. you know what? There is the cry wolf part, which is next time Snoop says something, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm moving to Ghana. I, you know, uh, anything <laughs> big, we all going to be like, yeah, right, Snoop. So Yeah,
1: like it's for a travel company. Yeah, let, let me started. see the receipt,
3: Snoop. <laughs>
1: so, you know,
3: yeah. Y- yeah, yeah, that's the only thing. In fact, I would I would go as far as to say that if Snoop, God forbid, if he ever makes his transition, when he makes his transition, people are going to be like, nah, he's not gone. Remember, I've <laughs> given up smoke. He not gone. It'll be worse than Tupac. They'll be looking for him fifty years after.
1: I don't know. Oh man. Well, hopefully, he releases a statement or something. Maybe the Snoop to calm. <laughs> he ain't gonna yeah. release it. I
3: saw the statement. I saw was a picture of him with a blunt <laughs> on his <laughs> IG.
1: Does that count that as a statement? A statement. <laughs> I guess that's a statement. Like I ain't changed.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a statement. Uh, We had a shooting, CHP shooting this week. Um, Turns out the victim uh, killed by the California Highway Patrol uh, was an actor and a homeless one Mm -hmm. at that. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about that and more when we come forward. We're talking with Sherry Bell and you get in on this eight hundred nine two zero fifteen eighty. Happy holidays, no matter what you call it, from all of us at KBLA Talk fifteen eighty.
2: She's reclaiming her time on KBLA talk 1580 more first things first with Dominique deprima when we come forward your ancestors favorite radio station radio station and your favorite morning show host let's get back to Dominique deprima right now right now. Yeah,
3: you know, I, I, I want to be festive. I want us to have a happy holiday, but we also got to pay attention to what's going on right a little bit. That's what we do around here. Um, keep you up to date. Stay encouraged, but also stay aware. So, there's another tape I hate looking at these tapes uh police violence. It's just not something I enjoy i generally unless i if I see it and I didn't quite get it, I'll look at it again right then. But I don't look at them over and over again because it does a number on my psyche. so this one's bad um this happened Sunday afternoon. The, um, the guy's name is Jesse Dominguez and he's an actor. He was a, an aspiring actor. He hadn't booked anything yet, but he apparently had some mental health challenges and he was unhoused, even though his family says they were telling him, you know, come on home. You can live here. He he felt like he wanted to make it on his own, according to the family. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw that tape, but, um, Yeah. yeah, it's, it's pretty bad, I think.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's sad because it's like, you know, I can personally identify with having someone like that in my family. And I'm sure other would, other folks can too, right? Uh, mentally stable folk and you worry about them every day. You know, they're not around, you know, being, um, you know, victim to these types of, uh, to law enforcement, you know, involvement. Um, you know, someone calls the police on someone nowadays you know, you have to wonder, is it a death sentence or not? Um, you know, I I was thinking about like, you know, just going back to policy and like selective enforcement and, you know, so like, you know, if you Google, uh, California highway patrol, a use of force policy online, like you can find the policy and you can look at the tape and you can like, you know, do your own research to see if you felt like it was justified. Right. Um, they say the deadly force is um when a when an officer reasonably believes based on the totality of the circumstances you know and then they and then they go on to say um, to defend against an imminent threat of seriously serious bodily injury um you know a taser technically is not considered um a a lethal weapon uh you know and um i don't know if the officer knew what he had on him But, I mean, I feel like if you're like a small guy and somebody who looks like Debo from Friday is walking towards you, I mean, that could be like uh, a reasonable uh, perceived threat. Right. Um, So it's like, you know, what did you sign up for? You know, um, you know, we have the policy in black and white, but the selective use of it. Um, you know, it has to be a little bit more clear, more investigated. Well, the you other,
3: know? I mean, the other part about this particular shooting, it's, it's the guy, the officer is alone. So why does he pursue yeah. the suspect? You're not supposed to go exactly. after someone like that without backup. Number one. Right. Number two, yeah. you know, there's no one out there. So he's, I mean, he's, he's in traffic. But you can see mm-hmm. that the road is clear at that point. So he's not posing a threat to anyone. So why not stay in your vehicle and wait for right. backup, which is really yes. what the policy would call for, right? And then mm-hmm. once he's got the guy off of him and he's standing over him with his gun in his hand, is he? are you really still in fear for your life at that point? You've got the guy right. off of you. He's on his back. You're standing up and you're holding a weapon. Now you shoot yeah. him to me that you know if he would you know i i wish that he wouldn't have even engaged without backup mm-hmm. i wish that mm-hmm. they wouldn't send officers to deal with mental health issues right i don't know that they sent him yeah. whatever if he was in the area but the fact is once you're standing over that dude and pointing a gun at him how are you fearing for your life
1: right yeah, no, that's absolutely right. It's like human life, like and the people are charged as so-called to protect us are not really taken. It seems like you're not really taking this job very seriously or um, or your training or whatever. I don't know, because I do find it to be like on a practical level. Like what you said, like all those things don't make sense, right? Stopping by yourself, um, you know, having somebody you're, you're in control of the situation, yet you still shoot the person in areas of their body that they are definitely going to die, right? Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, but then again, you have other folks who handle other officers who would handle certain situations differently, um, you know, standoff situations, you know, I've seen rubber bullets and different type of tactics being, you know, that are utilized that don't result in a loss of life. So it's like, is it just is it is it is it race? I know it got to do with race. Right. Right. Yeah. Sometimes your perceived threat is to have to do with that. But on a on a on another level, like, is it like depending on who shows up? You know, to the call is that going to depend on if you live or die? Well, right? it, like I mean, I, and, and I think it's training.
3: it's partly them not taking the training seriously, but I think it's partly them not valuing valuing certain human lives. Because honestly, right. you know, the thing is, that he any officer that feels like he can't, he doesn't have the option of killing that person, is probably going to wait for backup
1: right that's right. true
3: if i if that's a you know if that's you know a young pamela anderson out on the mm-hmm. <laughs> right. freeway exactly and he doesn't think it's a good idea or an option let me put it as an option not a good idea to kill her if it gets yeah. out of control he's going to wait for backup mm-hmm. you know what i mean or de-escalate yeah. because he's not if i feel like well you know i can tussle with him because if he gets out of hand i just kill him then, then right, I'm going to yeah. be more emboldened. So is that not taking mm-hmm. your training seriously, maybe? Especially since they now say that, you know, police, law enforcement, at least here in California, is meant to be emphasizing de-escalation. Haven't seen that. Haven't seen evidence of it in black and Latina communities yet. Keep hope alive. But I think some of it has to do with the value you put on the life that you take. Right.
1: Yeah, and some of those values are internal and based on the way that you were raised. So, it, I mean, in addition to just training on common sense approaches, like, you gotta be some real intense implicit bias training. Uh, because, I don't know, like they say you can't legislate love. You know, like, I don't know if you yeah, can. And like, honestly, yeah, and I, honestly, I
3: you know, I, I used to be- really believe in implicit bias training and I'm not saying that I don't. I think we should abolish it. But I feel like training is just always an excuse for police departments to get more and more and more money.
1: And yet, if
3: they were serious about rooting out that kind of bias, they would start looking at people's uh, social medias, stalking Their employees on social media, the way they stalk activists, and they would be able to quickly root out some of these folks that are involved with, um, you know, groups like the Proud Boys and such. If they were serious about getting white supremacists off of Mm -hmm. law enforcement, um, you know, from coast to coast, and I'm not saying this cop was, I don't know anything about him, but. That influence yeah. is big in law enforcement, according to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, not according to Dominique De Prima. So what are you doing about it, especially when we continue to see black people and Latino people killed at insanely disproportionate per capita numbers?
1: No, that that is so real and so big at the you know at the forefront of this issue. I mean, because like you can read their policy online, but at the end of the day, you know, do they feel like they're going to be held to the same level of accountability? Right. Uh, dependent on who ends up dead, right? And that, and I guess that is really an internal issue, and it's also like an external issue. Like like the fight of Black Lives Matter for many years have resulted in a lot of policies but it's like the accountability is starting to come more out in the forefront but at the same time uh these types of people are still on the force. so it, it i mean uh, the struggle uh, yeah continues. and of course it's
3: the system not just individual quote unquote bad apples but i'm just saying correct you, you, yeah. if you to me if you're going to do uh what do you call it you know DEI training or whatever you have yeah. got to couple that with serious uh consequences
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely no yes 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 i agree and like you like the policy is there in black and white but like they have to be knowing that they're going to be held accountable to it like whether yeah. it's a pamela anderson or you know a, you know a, a, with jesse martinez was it yeah you know like that that you know that is that and like yeah and like certain law enforcement shouldn't Dominguez. Should, uh, you know some Dominguez. Yeah. On the freeway, you know, you can obviously know that there's some type of mental breakdown occurring. Right. And so there should have been a, a team or a crew, you know, the same kind of team or crew get together and fix the freeway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, in, in, in about less than a week, you know. Yeah, that's uh, you right. You know, we need to have the same type of approach <laughs> on some of our other problems.
3: We got um, news, traffic, and sports right here. Sherry Bell and I will continue. Some good news coming out of the Los Angeles Police Commission, though, on yesterday. We'll share that when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580.
2: More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Keep out of reach. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. 1580.
3: Yeah, I do appreciate you. You're waking up with Dominique DePrima and Sherry Bell. What could be better? Uh, uh, DePrima Radio and Sherry De La Ghetto on Instagram. Also, of course, KBLA 1580. But hopefully, you're already following. So, um, on yesterday, the Los Angeles Police Commission. I haven't seen it in any uh, news. Um, mainstream news yet but um, it, is, it is being reported on the Black Lives Matter um, Instagram and their website and as well as I've spoke to someone who was at the meeting um, and the um, killing of Takar Smith he was a, a dad he has six, six children he was shot to death by the Los Angeles Police Department at the beginning of this year in his kitchen while he was having a mental health crisis, his wife had called nine one one for help, but she had specifically asked for mental health help and uh, was concerned. You know that uh, they would send uh, officers, which they did. Um, mm-hmm. The commission today, uh, um, yesterday, ruled that shooting out of policy, which is very rare, yeah. and it's a mm-hmm. huge deal. Um, it doesn't automatically mean the officers will, you know will get fired or that they'll be disciplined that's always up to the LAPD but it it does make it more likely and i think it seems like it would assist the family in any kind of civil action uh that mm-hmm. they have so and also just the acknowledgement that you know that's not what we
1: do um i think is 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 super important yeah i mean it's so sad i mean uh, like i i mentioned i know a lot of people who've been in this position and, you know about having a domestic situation and you know not really knowing what to do and yeah. you call law enforcement because we have been trained to do that right um you know that's what we've been taught like call 911 you know <laughs> but she already but she took it a step further you know and like knew the risk right involved in this call
3: and try and to protect your husband. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes. And I mean like these types of situations, I, what I'm hopeful of is that it will, how can I say, put accountability at the forefront of officers. Like you put on that uniform, you take that oath. the fact that this shooting was ruled out of policy should send a message. Um, hopefully. Right. Like, let me think carefully and 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 about my approach uh to these types of situations and that will not result in a loss of life. Yeah. You know.
3: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, right, who are we sending, what are, you know, what are their qualifications, what is the situation? It is very much um you know, it is very much in, in alignment with the, the the scenario of Jesse Dominguez who was killed by CHP mm-hmm. over the weekend. It seems like a theme for our year, right? Uh, right. because we've seen so many, so many shootings, um, here in, uh, in Los Angeles this year. And so many of them have
1: a mental health angle where the right. person
3: should really still be with us.
1: Oh man. So many, so many, right? Like so many people. And, and the fact that these people oftentimes, you know, are not real threats you know they they have issues that are just common you know daily life problems they you know their families love them and they're trying to get them help and the, the worst part about it is we you know these people are trusted you call these people and you trust in them to do the right thing and and protect you and say and, and alleviate the situation and that trust has been broken so many times when they do the exact opposite of um, what the intention was, which is harm and uh, and take the life of, of people you love. So um, we definitely need more resources and mental health approaches um, to these situations. I, I I know there's research that has been done that's shown those types of approaches can successfully de-escalate. Uh, uh, these types of situations also assess the real threat of the person on the other end.
3: And, you know, Kenan Anderson started us off this year, right? Same thing, having a mental health episode of some kind um, after a minor traffic accident, you know, flags down police himself and then ends up being tased to death. Um, and, again, it's a similar situation. The guy's a teacher, you know a father, mm-hmm. and should still be alive. And, you know, it's it's sad to me that we're starting and ending the year on such a similar note with, um, with this guy, Jesse Dominguez, you know, having, even though it's a different agency, it's the CHP, but it's the same outcome.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it all boils back down to this big question. It's like whenever there's like an active shooter, that's armed, that's white. Most oftentimes they're not, they're taken into custody alive. And yet we keep seeing these people with mental health issues that are unarmed, that, that are really just having a meltdown. That's, you know, that's more like self. It's like they're not hurting others, you know, in the moment, right? They're just, you could, they're just like visibly having a, a breakdown and they somehow end up often dead. unarmed
3: see and that's that's part of my problem with this um training right is that um okay the same training yields completely different results in different neighborhoods Mm -hmm. they don't need you know european american aka white people sensitivity training to not shoot people in brentwood they're not going right. to do it. I don't know if you ever saw that video of this white woman in Hollywood just acting up, and the cops do everything possible, and she's taken into custody alive. Or like what you're referring to, like Dylan Roof, you know, shoots up a whole church and gets taken to Burger King. It's like it's that training yielded de-escalation and humanization of your so-called suspect if as long as the suspect isn't black or Latino. So it makes me wonder if more and more and more training really does
1: anything. I mean, yeah, the training, uh, yeah, you're right. Like the training is not the answer, right? It's your approach. It's your perceived threat. It's the value that you place. The It's the value of the life that you place on a individual that you approach it. And some of that, those values are unfortunately like, um, you can't be taught that because you're all of a sudden a police officer. Some of these values are ingrained in these people's lives from children, their parents, what they see on television, all of those things in, um, inform their, um, you know, their prejudices and and their approach. And, and I mean, but we've problem. seen stuff
3: like police departments using targets that are colored black. And <clears throat> we also know that people are aware of risk um, on their job right I know what I you know what you can get away with on your job most of us do you know can you come in late no you know mm-hmm. some jobs are more lenient than others when you look at the history of law enforcement killing black people and Latino people doesn't in 99 maybe 98 percent of the cases does not yield any consequences so why wouldn't you do it? The value, I, to, I think part of this issue of the value of the life within that um, law enforcement community, which does you know have a big helping of systemic racism. Part of it is the lack of consequences, which is well known, right? I mean, you'd have right, to be an that, idiot not to know that,
1: right? And we can't we can't be naive to think that this Takar Smith uh, murder. Being ruled out of policy wouldn't have happened without the organizing work of black lives matter organizing impacted families to speak out at meetings to go you know to uh legislate you know uh to advocate for policies that change um uh you know the the hold the people accountable right to to strengthen. Those um use of force policies more transparency like all that fighting and marching and and um you know showing up every time one of us is murdered um especially unarmed has it has had an impact and um so what you're seeing now is a result of all that on the ground work um of of calling out and crying out for these for these officers to be held accountable.
3: Yeah, I believe that. I, I actually also think it's the raising of public awareness, which continues to make their resistance and the skepticism about the official story um, more common, and it forces a certain amount of accountability. We just can't let up. Sherry Bell and Dominique mm-hmm. DePrima, you're invited into the convo eight hundred nine two zero fifteen eighty. This is the place where we're elevating and amplifying Black and progressive voices around the clock. We are KBLA Talk fifteen eighty.
2: Out Loud, KBLA Talk 1580. We know you stick around. This is LA's home for Progressive Talk Radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk
3: 1580. The chat in uh, YouTube is fire this morning. Uh, If you want to hear it, you got to read it. (laughs) You got to jump in uh, to KBLA 1580 on YouTube. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, stopping in. Please do like, follow Subscribe, all that good stuff. We, we do appreciate you. Um, yeah, so talking about this ruling by the Los Angeles Police Commission that the killing of Takar Smith is out of policy. Um, and, you know, there was a really good point you made, Sherry, that the organizing uh, makes a difference with policy and decisions like these. And I, I do think it's also partly because it, it, people's consciousness is elevating. That is why there is mm-hmm. a war on woke. Woke means, Mm -hmm. you know, you tell me you shot someone because they were a threat. And I say, well, why were they a threat? I don't just say, oh, okay, you're right. That person was a criminal. They stole cigars. They deserve to die. They were a gang member or uh, whatever the official story is. It's becoming more, you know, having more media literacy, questioning authority, which is really part of our job as citizens of a democracy.
1: Absolutely, that's absolutely right. Um, and then when you think about who controls the media, and who are like the richest people in the in each uh, in each state across the country, you know they have a vested interest in maintaining that well, power. Well, when you talk about who
3: controls the media, you're talking about the super rich, right? I mean, this right. this this because there's these to me, they're tropes. One is that. The media is liberal, which is BS. And the other one is that it's completely controlled by Jewish people, which is also BS. It's controlled by billionaires. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Rupert Murdochs of the world, um, <clears throat> now Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. In fact, billionaires are buying up news, newspapers, big newspaper organizations, which is really interesting when you consider that they're not that profitable right now. <laughs> what mm-hmm. is that? It's about controlling information.
1: Right. Mm. Yep. And then, and then, the more you know, the more facts you have, the more you question these rules that they're supposed to be following. And why aren't these rules followed the same? And what happens when they're not followed the same? Right. And you know why? You know, it's <laughs> exactly. like you have more questions. So, let's, um,
3: yeah, yeah. Let's go to Sam. He's on the phone calling us from L. A. Good morning, Sam.
0: Hey, good morning Dominique. How are you
3: I'm blessed how are you oh,
0: good good hey Dominique, I got a story uh uh I meant to tell you this uh oh while back but anyway about uh about a month and a half ago or two months at the most it was a uh, i didn't hear you mention it maybe instead uh saw a lady in another state. She went into the police station and she was uh i guess in the lobby area of the police station and uh she put uh she was bamming on the window. And I guess she didn't get no response or whatever like that. She pulled out a gun, Dominique. And I saw this on TV. She starts shooting at the window and stuff. So apparently it's plexiglass because it didn't break or whatever like that. And uh, this is in the police station, Dominique.
3: All I didn't see study. I didn't see that story. I don't, I don't think I did. I've seen a lot of videos of white women acting out hitting cops, uh-huh. you know, but I I don't think I've seen a woman shooting at
0: yeah, <laughs> what she, do? I must she, have missed Dominique, that story. I, I kid you not. She pulled out, the. Uh, I guess what you call it, the fray, the lobby part. And then I didn't see the police Well, she's already at the police station. But I, I didn't see the police come from out the back or the side. To uh to do her whatever like that, but according to the news, I think they grabbed and said she was uh having a bad day or something like that. <laughs> how do you go into a police station, now Bad day. You put out a gun. A bad and day. let at the window, right? And then you live, and then you live. I mean, how do you get apprehended? Yeah, Any, I see anything, it now. I just looked out it up. Body That's bag.
3: crazy. How-
0: Oh, did this you is. See a, that, oh, did I you see it, it now. You know
3: I look stuff up. Yeah, this is in right. Bristol, Connecticut. In uh, okay, and that was just a couple weeks ago. I don't know how I missed oh, no, that. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. This is a different Dominique. Different oh. here. Oh, so apparently this is a
3: thing ago. that white women do. This is October tenth, twenty twenty-three. <laughs> Woman shooting okay. inside the Bristol police station. That is crazy. Anyway. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you know, hold that thought, Sam. I want to get your analysis, because I know you brought this up for a reason, and I'd love to get Sherry's reaction when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580.
2: KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come, when we forward, come forward, includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. 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 Heard any other talk radio lately that sounds anything like this? <laughs> I didn't think so. You're listening to unapologetically progressive KBLA Talk 1580.
3: Okay, Sam, over here stirring up the pot. You can do the same. 809 two zero fifteen eighty. Talking about a woman walking into a police station, banging on the window, doesn't get an answer. Pulls out a gun, starts shooting. Um, I see a story like this uh, from uh, Bristol, Connecticut um in in october early october of this year you say that wasn't it so apparently it's happened more than once but sam i wanted to get to the essence of what you had to say about the story
0: okay What well, what i'm saying dominic i think uh it's like you, you almost hate to say it do they it, do it depends on the officer whether you live or die or whatever and Uh, You said October 10th. Uh, I might have it mixed up, but it seemed like the same story. I I forget the state, uh, whatever, but I thought it might have been a couple months ago, so that's roughly a month and a half ago. It could be the same one, Dominic. So the point I'm making is law enforcement, if you have a job where there's no consequences to your action, all you have to do is say, I fear for my safety. Or he or she looked like they were going for a gun. Then it's a done deal, Dominic. So there's no there's no consequences to your action. Why would you stop doing what you're doing?
3: Yeah, you I agree. The, 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 I agree. I mean, it's like you know? if 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 we could get out of speeding tickets by simply saying, "Well, I, yeah, I thought someone was chasing me. We'd be dr- I'll be driving 200 miles an hour because we would know we there's no consequences." Sherry, um, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like at some point that excuse has to be. Uh, it's not good enough, right? It has to be unpacked and investigated a little bit more as to your fear of your safety. And I feel like if you ask somebody that question and and, and, it's, and you fear for your safety in one situation and didn't fear in another, and you don't have a clear-cut answer as to why this situation presented a more of a threat than the other, I feel like you're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. So Sam- I don't think a lot of people could do it
0: Yeah.
3: Sam, you you giving you the last word on this story since you brought it up. Okay,
0: yeah, okay. Uh, last word, Dominique. Just in, in general, what kills me is when, uh, and you might agree with me whether you do or not. It don't matter. I've never, cha- i will never changed my thought on this. <laughs> but uh, really, really, I, I, no, really, I'm. I love on that. This. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. If you notice, every time a policeman or a sheriff, well, the a sheriff they're horrible when they get shot or killed. The person who did it, they're a coward, they're a scumbag, according to law enforcement. Okay. Yes. Now, i tell you about, oh, he was a great officer. He coached Little League. He fed the homeless. He helped the little lady across the street. Don't you think that that person that you killed, uh, 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 where you murdered and stuff, don't you think they were a good truck driver, a good gardener, a good postman, a good whatever? So that, that's what killing. Here come all the tears and the agitations about what he or she did, you know, Law firm. so that it just killed me. It just sickened me to my stomach and stuff, especially when you see it, Dominique, with your own eyes on TV. You can beat the crap out of somebody, uh, uh on video or whatever, like that, and then uh, uh they still, uh, still nothing happens to them and stuff yeah. like that. So, well, yeah,
3: well I, I do stuff. agree with you. They need to stop vilifying the victims, you know, they need to stop bashing the victims and tainting the jury pool. Sam, I appreciate the call. Good to hear from you. Don't be a stranger,
0: uh, okay? Thank you.
3: Uh, Sherry, it's been great. Happy holiday to you. And I will talk with you soon. I hope.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And like, uh, yes, same here. And you know, happy holidays. However you celebrate it or acknowledge it. Everybody with your family. Hopefully everybody manages to have an awesome day tomorrow. Indeed.
3: The whole week. All right. Uh, you know what time it is. Well, it's wealth building Wednesday and it's call me time. And you're listening to KBLA. Talk 1580.